I'm glad you're okay. And uh, man, it's great. I, I love being with you guys. And uh, but I know this sounds weird coming from a, a San Diego type, but uh, I um, and please don't tell my friends I said this. Um, I, I love being in Omaha. I just do. It's it's I I know I don't. It's weird, but uh, I I don't know. I just feel connected to you guys and this church. Um, I mean, I have so many friends here, Steve and Becky and, and uh, Jeff and Christina and John, of course, who stays at my house uh, as often as I do, it seems. I mean, he's uh, out there a lot. And, uh, and by the way, you're all welcome anytime. Just uh, if you're in San Diego, stop by. Um, we have uh, 75 bedrooms so we can fit all of you and uh, we'd love to have you there. So. And, um, and thanks for letting me do this, although you, you really had nothing to do with it, but um, you're still here, so I appreciate that. And... Uh, um, last week, I heard Jeff's, uh, online, I heard Jeff's message on Acts 19. It was amazing. I loved it. And so at, when they asked me to speak, and I found out you guys are in Acts, I said, hey, can I just fit into that? Because I love this book. If you, like, went on to our church's website, I, I'm a pastor at a church called Journey in La Mesa, which is um, right out, like, it's the next town over from San Diego. And, you know, we're just a big blob, so it's just, like, the towns are arbitrary. But, uh, um, I said, I, I would love to just, just let me just do part of Acts. Because if you went onto our, our site, as I was saying, and looked up our old sermons, like we, we seem to preach on Acts a lot at Journey because it's one of my favorite books. And, uh, and by the way, you, here's what else is cool is they were kind enough to accommodate my idiosyncrasies. And like at our church, we use an outline. I understand you guys don't normally do this. So the thing on your seat is not like a random deal. They actually made like the kind of thing we use at Journey. And, and here's the deal. Um, if you want to make use of this, it would be great. You, you can. If you don't, then you can make a paper airplane out of it or whatever you'd like to do. Uh, it's, it's all yours. And uh, there's a place to fill in a few blanks. It'll be on the screen. And uh, they got, uh, I love our TV up here, yeah, that you guys use. And they said um, for speaking, I get to take this home. So I'm really stoked about that. <laughs> so uh, we'll be watching World Series on that tonight. And, uh, and also as the verses from the Bible. So yeah, I mean, I'd encourage you, but whatever. I mean, we all learn in different ways. So um, I'm going to say a little prayer if that's all right with you. Are you guys good with that? And uh, then we'll get going. Yeah? Huh? Are you guys? Is this on? Is this on? I, I, I don't know. Um, you do know this isn't TV. I'm actually here. I can see you. If you're, if you're just giving me the fish eyes, it freaks me out. You know, I, I, I hate that look that kind of, please don't do that. So um, Anyways, uh, why don't you bow your uh, head just in case God is under you somewhere, and uh, we'll pray. So, Lord, um, man, what, this is so fun for me, and, it's, uh, and I just, I love this church. And every time I'm here, I see new stuff. Um, that, uh, the whole care center, you guys are, that's cool, isn't it? Lord, thanks for that. That was really a cool thing. And, uh, uh, and just all the ways that, Brookside's involved in reaching the world and seeing people find Jesus and really follow him. That's just so fun. And uh, I'm really honored to, to get to, to speak right now. So I could sure use uh, additional anointing from the Holy Spirit and just do something here, Lord. Because uh, I, I want to say on all of our behalf, God, that we are here in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? We're here in the name of Jesus and we are... We want to leave no doubt, Lord, that we understand that we need you. We're here because we need you. Um, we need you, God. We need more than what we have. 
we're grateful, but we would, we're going to feel like we wasted our time if we leave exactly like we came. So um, do something cool, Lord, and stir us up and wake us up and, and just move us forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So anyways, I was uh, saying about Acts. One of the things that I think is fun about it is, is that, it, that it kind of undoes this idea we have uh, as we read the Bible. And I'm a, I'm a Bible guy. I'm, uh, most of us pastors are. we real, yay, Bible. And uh, big Bible guy. And, uh, but one of the things is we tend to read the Bible, and it's kind of like, it's like watching the, 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 the Avengers or something, or those, those, you know, the suit with the, with the rat that can do all the cool stuff. And I mean, like, it's like we're watching these superheroes, and, and we, like, can get a little bit inspired by the story, but it, it's kind of like a, it, it's like, yeah, that's great. And, and, yet, and yet, the Bible goes out of its way to try to deconstruct that idea in our head. And, and there's, like, like, when you think of the, the, the luminaries, the, the studs of the Bible, the heroes, like, just name me some big Bible names that you've heard of. Just, just shout them out. Is right, yeah. Jesus. Always say Jesus in church. That's a safe answer, right? And uh, I, I mean, there's, I mean, all of them, right? But like, I, did any, did anyone say Elijah? Did I hear Elijah? Did you? Did all right. Then you get the TV. See, see me right afterwards. All right. Uh, but uh, like Elijah is a great example. Uh, there's a, a book in the Bible written by Jesus's half brother named James, and uh, it 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 says Elijah, when he prayed, he. He said a word, and it didn't rain for three years. And then he spoke again, and the heavens burst forth with rain. And then it says this, and he was a dude with the same nature as us. And then he says, so when you pray, that, I mean, you're, it's, he's us. So when we look at Acts, the story is the story of the vintage us. This was what the us was supposed to be. And vintage us, here's what we'll see. This will be on the screen. Is that what we're going to look at and what we, and you guys, uh, we've been, uh, you guys have been in Acts for at least, how many weeks? Uh, more than one, right? Uh, yeah. Ten? Five? Seven? Whatever. I'll make it up. Nineteen. All right. So, uh, but what you'll see and what you have seen is you see people led by God into one world-changing adventure after another. Like regular people led by God. But you know how, um, it, you, I, I remember we used to say this, the, us church types, uh, Christian types, we, remember when we used to say Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship, right? We used to say that. It's kind of a, that was one of our, our spiels that we would say to people. Yeah, this Christianity, it's not really a religion, it's a relationship. And yet, man, if, if you've been around a while, it sure starts feeling like a religion after a while, right? And part of that, I think, is that our relationship with Jesus is by nature supposed to be highly interactive. When you look at the book of Acts, you see people that are involved in a relationship with God that is highly interactive, Muy interactive, as we say in California, right? Very interactive. And, and when the interactivity goes away, all of a sudden, we feel like we're left on our own to slog forward. 
and, and it starts feeling a heck of a lot like a religion and not at all very much fun. And yet you look at the book of Acts and, and I mean, there's hard times for sure, but it's definitely more fun than what we're doing most of the time. It's definitely crazier, right? And so, I, you know, the thing is that as we think about a relationship with Jesus, here's what we need to understand, I think, is that Jesus is speaking and interacting and doing stuff all over the place. Like in all kinds of crazy ways. I, uh, a, a few years ago, this happened. I'm at church outside. What, what, what we do at our church is, um, well, what I do is after I get done with the service, I try to get out and just kind of, hey, how you doing? How you doing? To people, you know. And uh, we have other stuff that goes on, but that's, that's what I do. So I'm standing out there being my friendly self. And because uh, you can tell I'm a super nice guy. And uh, it's not funny. Uh, but um, uh, this girl comes up to me. Girl, I, like, I'm, I'm old. So like she's 35. So she's a girl, right? And so this woman comes up to me and says, um, she says, uh, you know, I'm not a Christian. And, uh, or, and I don't you know, do church or anything. But um, I meditate, and uh, in my meditations, Jesus has begun to show up. And so he told me in one of these meditations that I should go find a church. So here I am. And I'm like, oh. Well, you better find a church, I, I think, right? I mean... That's not my normal path I would think someone would follow to end up at our church. It's not like that's our growth strategy as a church. Pray for people to start joining Buddhist things and then finding Jesus. I mean, but he's all over the place. It's, it's highly, say this with me, it's highly interactive. Now more than nine of you do it. It's, it's, say it with me. It's highly interactive, see? And so here's the deal. And, and if, for those of you with short attention spans... Hey, all right, but also, uh, here's the message, today's message in a line, all right? And that's this, that even when it is highly interactive, and even people who are led by God, can I get the next slide up there? No? I can't, okay. And go ahead, skip that one. It's not really in the Bible. And, not, and there it is. Just keep going, keep going. I need one more, one more. There it is. Even people led by God can hit dead ends. Even people who are led by God even when it is highly interactive, you can hit dead ends. And we're coming to a part of the book of Acts where some of the heroes hit dead ends. Like the, the guy that's the, the dude for the second half of Acts, he's an apostle, his name is Paul, and he hit dead ends. He's, he's in a place of being stuck or baffled and lost, unsure. And have you ever, uh, have you ever said to God, God, uh, nothing seems to work right now. Nothing seems to be working. I I'm guessing if you've done life with God for any length of time, something like that prayer has come out of your lips where you just feel like you're at a dead end. Anybody relate to that? Maybe you're sitting here and your marriage feels like it's at a dead end and you're saying to yourself, I, I don't know how long I can do this. Or maybe your job. I mean, it's easy, right, for our jobs to feel like they're dead end. Our, sometimes we feel like we're at a dead end with our kids. And we try not to let them know <laughs> that we feel that way. 
Or, you know, you know, you try not to let your kids know, I don't know what to do with you. I honestly don't know what to do. Or maybe you're at an emotional dead end. Or um, I had one of these uh, in the last couple of years. You're at a health dead end. You know, I, I, I remember with a doctor saying to me, oh, man, we really don't know what's causing this. I'm like, oh, good. That's good to hear, you know. It's only my heart. It's not a big deal. So, right? right? So we're going to look at Acts 16, and you're, you're seeing, we're going to see some guys that are at a dead end. And, and like when you're, when you're in a place of feeling like you're at a dead end, that's when you really need to hear from God. Like you really need to feel like this highly interactive thing is interactive when you're at those dead end places. You know, because those can be kind of sad and discouraging and a little bit lonely and scary. And so those are the times, I think, at least in my life, where I really needed to hear from God. And so like kind of the idea today is, well, how can we be people that hear from God? Our, our whole like afternoon workshop, I, I, John said there's still room. I'd love to have you come and check that out. But that, it'll be about that. But like we'll look at this chapter and kind of check that out. And um, the first, let, well, let's just start reading. So Paul came also to Derby and uh, purchased a hat and to Lystra. And a disciple was there named Timothy. And uh, you might recognize that name. Um, he's uh, it, later in the Bible, there'll be a couple of letters that Paul will write to Timothy that ended up in the Bible. To a guy named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. And that's Acts, in the book of Acts, that's code for somebody who has trusted Jesus and is decided that Jesus is the Messiah. They're going to follow him as the Savior of the world and the Son of God and pledge their allegiance to him. So he's a son of a, a, his, his mom is a believer, but his father was a Greek. Now this is Bible or New Testament talk, especially in the book of Luke. This is code for a non-Jewish person. It doesn't necessarily mean that he is from Greece. Um, uh, it means that he's not Jewish. And he was well spoken of by all the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. And so he's a good guy with a good reputation, right? And that's, that's this Timothy. And so Paul, it goes on to say, Paul wanted this man to go with him. And he took him and circumcised him. For he knew that his father, for everybody knew that his father was a Greek, everybody in those parts. So I don't want to spend a ton of time here. And if you're kind of new to the Bible, it would... For, for you to fully get this, it would take some catching up. But um, here's, here's, here's the deal. Paul looks at Timothy and sees a guy that has a lot of potential to join his, his team. And he goes, man, why don't you come with us? But, but Paul's normal MO, like how Paul rolled in, in the book of Acts, is Paul was this guy that was, was kind of one of those guys that was the perfect like, man, the perfect guy for this particular thing that God wanted done. He's a, he's a trained Jewish rabbi. So he's trained in the Talmud. He's trained in the Torah. He's, he gets the whole Jewish thing. He's deep in, in the Hebrew text. He, he gets that. But he grew up his, his, and was educated, like, before that in, a, in the Greek world. So he's fluent in Greek and Latin. Unlike a lot of the New Testament writers who kind of get by in Greek, Paul's fluent in Greek. And he not only is fluent in the language, but he understands how they think. And he's like, 
he's read Plato and, and, he's, and, and as a child he played with Plato. So I mean it was like he had the, everything going on and he understood how they thought, what they watched on TV, not literally but like what their plays were about and their entertainment and stuff like that. And so how, how they would do, Paul and his team, they would go into a, a, a city and this was as this movement spread from this little Jewish thing with Jesus being the Messiah of the Jews. It starts spreading in the, in the wider world and they would go into a city and there were Jews scattered all over the Roman Empire. And so he would find, if they had one, a synagogue. And if they didn't have a synagogue, the Talmud said that if there's like 12 people, you would, could have a synagogue. And if you had less than 12 men, then you would have a little Jewish gathering and a meet by the river and, or by a body of water. And so Paul would go find these out. And step one, and it was kind of a theology thing for Paul, he said the Jews ought to have the first crack at this. So he would go and present Jesus to them and show them the Bible and show where Jesus was the, and tell them the story of Jesus crucified and his death on the cross for sins and his resurrection, his victory over death and his ascension, all that stuff. Paul would tell them the story. And then it would go from there and he would, that would be a core group and he would start talking to people all over the city and he would end up with this thing called an ecclesia in every town, like a church, like, like Brookside or like Journey or whatever, right? So Paul would do that. But he would start with the Jewish people. So Timothy, in the, and Jews are really practically minded people in many ways and, and very kind of cynical folks in some ways. But they would, they, you were Jewish, not if your dad was Jewish. Because anybody can say, this is how they thought. Oh yeah, sure, you say that's your dad. And maybe, sure, why not? But we know who your mama is, right? I mean, that, that we know. And so Tim's mom was Jewish, and so, but dad had never had him circumcised. If you don't know what that means, then you need to talk to your mama, and you can just ask her, this isn't the time or place for that. But, but Paul said, Timothy, I'd, I'd love to have you on the team, but you gotta, I don't know if you'll make the cut, if you know what I mean. And uh, that, was, that was really funny. And uh, I just, I came over that in the first service. I thought that was funny. So um, it just hit me. It was like a, the spirit giving it to me. But um, so, Paul, so Tim says, yeah, Paul, I'm really interested. Do I sign something? Do I, do I fill out a form? Or how do I get on the team? And he's like, well, Tim, it's, it's a little, little gnarlier than that, right? And so, uh, so anyways, but here's the whole point. Here's why Paul did this. is because he's like, Timothy, you're going to be a big deal. And, and we just need to... For all our Jewish brothers, we just need to put this aside so it's not a deal anymore. You just need to deal with this. And here's the first principle I want to give you is just especially in your, when you're in that dead end place and a little discouraged, you might want to write this down if you're doing that. If not, just listen. But, but how about if you decide to prepare to be used by God? And if I, if I had it to do over again, I would change this word to, to expect. Expect to be used by God. Now, as I aspirate those words, like those English words, expect to be used by God, there's like, there's a picture that goes off in your head of what you think that might look like, if you're paying attention, right? There's a picture of like, like, okay, and here's what, here's what I would, I would love for you to do this. I, 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 if I could, I would beg you to do this. But whatever is pictured in your head right now, whatever that means when I say expect to be used by God, whatever it is, right? What, what, what if you doubled that? What if you doubled it and then added another third to that? 
you just got, you got to hear this. God has more in mind for you than you think. God has more in mind for you than you think on your best day. In an odd way, I think for a lot of us, the issue is not us believing in God, but us believing that God believes in us. You do know, right, that God's one and only plan, you know what it is? We're the plan. Isn't that weird? I know me, and I know some of you, and I can see all of you, and I'm not sure that's a great plan, <laughs> to be honest. I'm like, God, are you sure you don't? God's like, no, I'm all in with these guys. So expect expect to be used by God. And whatever that means to you, I, I would just really encourage you, and I'm kind of preaching to myself too, I would encourage myself to, to begin to expand that. Be, and what Paul was saying to Timothy is, is let's, not, let's not shrink the scope of what I might do in your life before you even start. Like let's not like right now go, well, I think it's going to be, no, let's not shrink that before it even starts. Okay, let's, let's keep reading a little more in Acts. So, they passed through, the, through the, the Phrygian region, and uh, I feel like I did that this morning. It's kind of crisp. They, they passed through the Phrygian and the Galatian region, having been... Now, now, I want you to look at this with me and think about it. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Isn't that a weird phrase? Think about that. So they're, they're passing through this area, trying to figure out... And they're... Look at this. They're forbidden by the Holy Spirit to, to what? To party, to sin in some way. Look at this. They're forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word. You, if you know the story, this Paul guy about whom this story is, he's the central character in the story, he was pretty anti-Jesus for the first chunk of his life. Like when we first meet Paul in the Bible, He's rabidly anti-Jesus. Do you guys remember that part of the story? Yes, nod your heads or something. You guys in the back? Are you good? Are we good? Yeah? Huh? No? All right. But his, now Jesus specifically did some wild thing appearing to him so that Paul would be a guy who would speak, look at that, speak the word. And now Paul's trying to speak the word and somehow the Holy Spirit is saying isn't that weird? Anybody else find that weird? I find that weird. And after that, they came to Mysia. It doesn't really matter where these places are for our sake right now. And they were trying to go into Bithynia. Paul's like, well, yeah, we'll go into Bithynia and speak the word. And the spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Odd, right? It's odd. If you don't think it's odd, you're not reading it closely enough. And then they passed by Mysia and came down to Troas, which is ancient Troy, you know, the Trojan horse. That's where USC was before they moved it to, to LA. So it was like, and they came to Tro Troas, and Troas is the end. Troas, after Troas, you know what you have? The ocean, there's the sea. It's like, done, we're done. They're at, they're at a dead end. They're like, they're at a dead end. And sometimes, sometimes, Sometimes our dead ends 
that we feel, like we're, the, we're, the places we're stuck, sometimes they're either because we're off course or we've let our values drift or we're kind of, you know, our priorities are all out of whack or something like that. But not, often they're not. What about the times when they're not? There's a woman that uh, our pastors gathered together and, and prayed for this week. And uh, she's facing some, she's pretty young, and she's facing some, some just gnarly, gnarly health crises. And part of the challenge as we were praying, it felt, it felt like, uh, even more than usual, it felt like a battle. And part of the problem is she's convinced that some sins in her life are why she's having these health things. And believe me when I say that's not helping in terms of us praying for. But, but what about all the dead ends that we face when as far as we can tell, we're not off course at all? What about those, right? How do, when we're hitting walls instead of doors, you know, and uh, you know, we always talk about God opening doors, but sometimes it feels like we're just running into walls. Well, there's, there's this key skill at that moment and, and it's this, and here's what you see with this Paul guy, is number two, is, there's the, is this, is refuse to presume. Refuse to presume. Re- 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 what I mean is refuse to presume that you know what God's having you do before you've sought him and talked to him about it. Just, just, Absolutely refuse that and train yourself to, to, to not have that reaction. I, I, think, I think I remember when the phrase no-brainer um, became a popular common phrase. You know, that's a no-brainer. I, I don't recall hearing that in, in, until about the 80s because I've been around that long. But it seemed like somewhere in the 80s I started hearing people say that phrase and I started using it myself like other people you know oh that's a no-brainer you know and what we I think we mean by that is oh this is so obvious you just don't even have to think about it you just do it right and when it comes I think us as followers of Jesus we like if you if you're familiar with the story of Jesus especially in the Bible and especially the parts of the Bible that directly tell the story of the life of Jesus you know they're they're called the Gospels, right? There's, there's Matthew, right? You ever heard of that? And then what's the next one? Mark. And then there's... I know this hurts, doesn't it? You're like... Ugh. And then the last one is John, right? And when you read those, I mean, those of us that have followed Jesus and, and who've, who are familiar with the stories, I mean, we should have figured out by now that those, if one of the subplots in those stories is whenever you're sure that Jesus is going to go left, what does he do? He goes right. That, isn't that, like, that's one of the, like, the great ironies of the gospel. You know, just when you're sure that Jesus is going to say this, he says that. And whenever, and I'm pretty sure this is true, but I, I'm not 100%, but whenever anybody comes to Jesus and says, all right, Jesus, is it A or is it B? What does Jesus always seem to say? Seven, right? I mean, it's like uh, Jesus, A or B. It's like, it, it seems, so we, we should know that about Jesus. So even if it is a no-brainer, right, then G, we got to factor in this. And this is kind of like uh, 
one of the little keepers for life. When it, one of the reasons we always have to, and here's what you do, instead of having a no-brainer, we do what these guys did is we, we wait and we inquire and we listen. I, I could totally see if one of us, I could see Paul going, all right, let's just do the math. All right, God's called me to speak the word. These, there's a lot of people in this city that need the word, this Bithynia or wherever it was. So doggone it, we're going to go speak the word. And, and, but instead, he waited, he inquired, and he listened. Here's the, here's the kind of life principle I'm, I want to leave with you. When it comes to us and, and this world and life, we're playing checkers and God is playing chess. You know what I'm saying? And not any chess, but that cool Star Trek chess where there's like four different boards, right? And, the, and you're playing against the robot thing. And I mean, that's... You know, a lot of us, you, you've heard this, right? If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. You know what that is? That's stupid people talk, right? <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, just keep trying. Well, maybe what we do instead is, especially if we believe in God, especially if we're actually calling ourselves followers of Jesus and we're saying that Jesus is in our life and we're doing life with Jesus, if at first you don't succeed, then instead of just try, try again, which is like, oh man, life is going to get tiring like that, right? Then maybe what we do instead is say, God, why didn't I succeed? What, is there something you're trying to tell me here? I know it doesn't have the ring of try, try again, because that kind of, you know, feels like a rhyme. But this, it's actually better that we stop and wait and inquire. And let me show you this too. Notice also in this, the, in, their, in their whole process, the total and utter lack of blaming and the total lack of, of despairing. They were at a dead end, like a lot of us get, and yet they didn't waste their time blaming themselves trying to figure out what they had done wrong. They just waited and inquired. So let's see what happened. Look at verse 9. So a vision, an oraoma is the Greek word, something that Paul saw. It appeared to Paul in the night. And a man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him. So they're at this dead end. They're in Troas. There's nowhere else to go because after Troas, there's just water, right? And there's a guy that in this vision, a man of Macedonia, I don't know how Paul knew it was a man of Macedonia. Maybe he had a sweatshirt on that said University of Macedonia or whatever, but Paul knew that he was from Macedonia. And if, if, um, can you picture like in your head, can you picture Greece on a map? Can you do that real quick? Do that. And then if you just go a little north of there, that's Macedonia, like Alexander the Great was from there, right? And a, a man of Macedonia standing and appealing to him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And it was kind of like, it was like Paul and, the, and his team was going A or B. And God, one or two. And God was like, no, here's, we're going we're to do something that's totally off the board for you guys. And when Paul, now here's a fun thing. Watch the, watch the change between singular and plural. When he, Paul, had seen the vision, immediately we 
sought to go, because there's a whole team involved, into Macedonia. And here's what you can't see in English, but you can see really easily in Greek. Concluding, because this was originally written in Greek, concluding that God had called us. So here's the deal. There's this process going on that I think we should just notice how cool it is. Is that Paul is the leader of the team and he, look at that singular, he sees this vision of this guy. Remember, they're at this dead end and Paul goes, oh yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's go. But what happens is he comes and shares it and then we sought to go into Macedonia. Now here's the key word here. If, if, you're, if you're writing on the note sheet, I would circle this word right here, concluding. It's this Greek word that means to bring together. And it's a participle, which if you remember your English class, the I-N-G word. But it's this participle that is about, that, that has the idea of pondering something together. So they, they hear about this vision and they decide, yeah, this, this is it. This is it. This is what we're supposed to do. And they all decide this together. Not one guy. They all decide this. So we, ref- we prepare. We refuse to presume. And then here's, here's the next thing is we learn to be led. I- I'm encouraging you who are stuck in a dead end and even those of you who aren't to decide this. I am going to learn to be led by God. Here's the thing about being led by God. It's not like when you become a follower of Jesus and allow Jesus into your life. It's not like the moment you decide that you want to give your life over to Jesus. That that moment could happen today for some of you. It's not like automatically you now know how to be led by God. It's learned behavior. It's, It's something that we learn to do. And one of the tips I'd give you is be be open to God leading you in all different ways. I mean, I don't know how you guys, and I know you don't, but I don't know how you could go through the book of Acts and not go, man, there's a million different ways God seems to speak to people. I mean, all kinds of different crazy ways, right? Here, I made a list of like what, is, what has happened in the book of Acts before this chapter. Here, just, here's the list. Tongues of fire falling on people's heads. They, the apostles teaching, okay, that's pretty normal for us. Angels helping people to like do stuff. Jesus actually appearing in some kind of light form to a guy named Paul. Peter getting a vision of animals on a sheet of some kind. Um, there's this thing where the Holy Spirit said in Acts 13. I, okay, so today we'll talk about what that looks like in, in that seminar. Um, uh, Paul looking at a guy, perceiving that he had the faith to be made well. Group debate. They had this debate, and it says, and it seemed good to the Spirit and to us. Dreams, they had dreams, visions. I mean, all kinds of ways that God is going to speak to us. But the point is, we need to learn to be led. And here's, when I was, um, I thought of this, this story. So to me, this is the, like, the story that I think of when I think of this. When we, uh, about, oh man, it's got to be 15 years ago ish yeah maybe that um i'm speaking i i I got asked to speak at this camp in santa rosa california you know anybody know where that is santa rosa anybody okay it's uh, north of san francisco about 45 minutes or so and it's um the camp is in the is in the redwoods it's gorgeous camp and it's over by the coast 
And it's by that, uh, you guys remember that Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds, where the birds come and start tearing people up? It's really freaky. But it was filmed in this place called Bodega Bay in California. And uh, it, the camp's right by there. And so a lot of kids get killed on that trip. But anyways, um, <laughs> but it's still a great camp. But uh, so we're speaking there. And then um, they, they had me bring the whole family. And it was just a fun time. So on our way back, my uh, wife is from San Jose. Linda, she's sitting right out there. And uh, um, so we were going to stop by and see the grandparents and kind of uh, do little grandparent time, you know. And, and so we drove through San Francisco. How many of you have ever driven across the Golden Gate Bridge? See hands. All right, it's kind of cool, right? And so what we decided to do is a lot of people like will walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, right? And, and anybody ever done that? It's really fun to do. But it's also, if you have any fear of heights, any fear of heights, it's, it's gnarly. Because it's, it's way up there, as you can imagine. And, and there's, and they, they, what they do is, of course, they have a, a rail and a guardrail so people can't just fall right into the, you know, off the bridge to their death. But they have these metal deals, dealies they're called, uh, technically, in the construction world. And uh, they're about like, about like a one by one, you know. And they're about, here you can see on the screen, they're about this far apart, like this. So, and my son at the time, my, I think my daughters were like 11 and 8 or something. And so my son is like, maybe they're a little younger than that. He's four or five. And so this, they're this far apart and they're just far enough apart for a skinny four-year-old to get a good chunk of his body through them, you know. Not all the way but enough to make his dad freak out a little bit, right? And so, the, and my girls still laugh about this because we're walking across the bridge and they're ahead of us and I'm back with David, that's our son, and, and the whole thing, I'm going, David! <laughs> and, uh, and I'm grabbing him because for whatever reason, I think this is just four-year-old boy logic, right? Is that, that he was quite confident that if he could actually get outside of the fence, he would be fine. You know? And uh, so I'm walking and I'm grabbing him by the arm and jerking him out of this. And I think I permanently damaged his right shoulder in that process. But we did make it across the bridge, but not without like me going nuts and the poor kid being, you know, jerked all, you know, onto the sidewalk 58 times as we, I think it's over a mile across the thing. And so it was kind of a cool family trip and kind of a utter disaster, right? And here's the thing that I, here's my, here's my point. God is, God will sometimes, if necessary, lead us like that. There are times when for our own good, and you probably can think of an experience in your life where it felt like God was literally grabbing you and jerking you out of a situation or like throw, you know, like almost throwing you into a different situation and and just slamming a door to make sure you didn't do something really crazy. I mean, you could probably think of those. And God is, God is willing to interact with us at that level if, you, if that's the only thing you'll get. But here's what you got to hear. What you're seeing in this picture in the book of Acts we've been looking at are people that have learned to feel the wind, the gentle blowing of the Spirit of God. People that are, have learned, we, we use this phrase sometimes, that have learned to walk with God. To where it's like 
man, it seems like we should go into Bithynia, but the Spirit's preventing us, huh? Yeah, I think he is. People that were feeling God's leading on them. I, I think what we need to remember, perhaps, is that God is leading us constantly deeper and deeper into himself, into his love, into his experience. I, I had this, this thing that happened to me this week, and maybe it's because I knew I was going to speak on this and my radar was up. And I was talking to some friends last night, and they said, yo, you definitely got to see this. So I'm at the gym this week, and because uh, I, I work out a lot, as you can tell. And uh, the, um, don't laugh at that. But uh, I'm, uh, there's a guy, there's a trainer, who kind of has this really funky haircut, even for California, and, uh, and, and look, doesn't look like the type of guy that would be good at this. But he's training this, this woman whose husband brings her in, Who's, who's quite elderly. And um, she's barely ambulatory. And he's working with her to be able to just move her legs well again and, and all this stuff. And the way he's dealing with her, it's so honoring and so kind and so encouraging. And he clearly is throwing himself into this training session. And and talking to her as if, as if that was his own mom, you know? And, and, and I mean that in a good way, right? Some of you are like, oh, no. No, it was, it was good, right? And I was just kind of like, wow, that's really inspiring. And I'm, uh, as I'm, I'm kind of getting my stuff together, and after I showered, I'm heading back to my office, and, and, I'm, and I'm walking out of the gym, and I felt like God was saying, um, do you know what would be fun? If we go tell this guy what you were observing. And I'm like, that's weird. I don't want to do that. And he's like, he's like, okay. And we, we don't have to do that. And but it'd be really fun. And I, and so I and I so I did this. I did one of these. I don't know if you're if you're like this, but I said, all right. I'll tell you what. Here's the deal. If you uh, if I walk by and he's not doing anything and he's clearly available, then I'll walk up and talk to him. But but I'm not gonna just you know it's it's gonna be weird if I do that. And so, you know, so I, I give God a, a, an opportunity, I think, you know, to, to make this happen. And so I walk out, and he's very much engaged in something. And so I go, okay, God, you had your chance. And so I, I'm on my way out the door. And now I'm all the way out the, the, of the gym. And to go back in, I got to check in, and I got to do the finger and the deal, and they give blood, and all this stuff to get back into the gym, right? And um, so I'm, I'm walking to my car, and I'm like... You know, like, I got to go back in, huh? And he's like, yeah, let's do this. And so I go, okay, could you at least make him not busy? And I, and, and I get nothing on that one. So I walk in, and he's totally busy. In fact, he's in what looks like an in, a, important conversation with another person that works at the gym. And I'm like, Ugh. so I walk up, and I'm like, and I, and I literally had to do this. I tapped him on the arm, you know, which is really cool. You know, I'm like, uh, hey, excuse me. And they look at me like, what? And I'm like, um, I, I was, I've been, I observed you like working with this, that your client, the one you had before. And I just want you to know, I felt, 
I felt love coming from you for that client. And it was super inspiring. And you were so gentle and honoring. And you're just great at what you do. And then he looked at me and goes, wow, this is perfect timing because that's my boss and I'm getting my review right now, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I knew it. I knew it would be a great time. I, uh, I had no doubts that I'm supposed to. And here's the thing, right? And he looked at me and he goes, you just made my day. And you know, and you know this, right? That really made my day. Like whatever other cruddy stuff was going to happen to me that day, that was a good part of the day. And here's the thing. Remember we said, I, I quoted my hero Dallas Willard on the outline. This is a, he calls this a conversational relationship. If nothing else, this highly interactive thing is way more fun. It's just way more fun than, what God, than, than us just trying to figure it out ourselves. And so what we're going to do is we're going to just invite the interactivity of God in our life right now. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. I know there's other stuff on the notes and maybe we'll give you that this afternoon if you come out or next time I'm out here or whatever. So um, why don't you do this? Uh, we're going to try a little spiritual exercise if that's okay. So um, if you've been messing with the note sheet, why don't you just put that down somewhere, just put it away. All right, if you got your phone out, just put that away. And um, let's do this. Just... Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment, just so just you can focus. And let's just say, let's say with our bodies, God, I'm open to you. I'm open to your leading. I, I desire it. So if, like, if your legs are crossed, why don't you just uncross your legs right now? And why don't you take your hands and just put them out in front of you like this. Just, just put the palms up. You can lay them on your lap or put them out. You, you know we believe, right, that Jesus is actually, actually here. So take a nice deep breath as if to breathe more of him in just right now. Just deep deep breath and just invite the presence of God into your life right now just, and just say this God I am willing for you I am desirous of you to speak to me let me make a declaration over you if that's okay You already have the basic ability to hear the voice of God. You do. And you have a God that desires to speak to you. And especially those of you that are in a place of feeling frustrated and discouraged and scared right now. And a little bit freaked out. And a little bit overwhelmed. Sometimes 
fear and stress are the great drowner outers of the voice of God in our life. And if that seems like, man, that, he's talking to me right now. If, if it seems like that, why don't you picture yourself just taking your hands and grabbing that stress and that fear and that frustration or that discouragement and just, just say, okay, um, here, Jesus, can you, can you do something with this, please? Picture yourself giving it to him so you can hear what word he has for you. Because what God has for us and what he is leading into us into, the best words for it are like glory and beauty, life, hope. That's, that's those words that are, if there's a word coming to you that feels, that feels like hope and beauty, that's God. Just welcome that, receive that. So God, as we... Um, worship right now and speak truth true real things to you help us to move more deeply into your presence more deeply into interactivity with you to welcome your presence and your leading in our life to really learn to be led into the adventure that you have for us and Lord, for any of us that might not have ever really trusted you, may this be a moment in which we fling the doors of our inner life open to you and welcome you and trust you as our Savior who died for us and rose for us. Jesus, bring us into your beauty right now as we worship.